I become more at ease. The forest and nature is the guide. After all the work, it's so worth it. That's the practice. No one is that busy. Kindness is innate in all of us. There's life right beside me. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast, a limited release series just for the Happiness Conference 2020 aimed at trying to help you find ways to be a little happier in your lives. I'm your host and happiness guinea pig, Danny. In each episode, we will cover one theme and how it relates to happiness, talk to a guest expert on the subject, have them recommend a happiness practice related to that theme, and then try it out ourselves. And if you listening out there want to get involved and try out these practices, listen on to find out more during the episode. Pineapple. Slice it up. Okay, so in this episode, we will be covering the theme of food and happiness. And coming from Singapore, where we get a whole host of cuisines from, you know, so many different countries and cultures, you could say that I'm pretty psyched for this one. My only concern is that because I am not so much of a cook, I'm hoping that today's challenge will be something along those lines, where it's just eating and not so much of the preparation part. Yes? No? It's probably going to be something to do with cooking, isn't it? Well, there is only one way to find out, and that is by getting right into the expert interview. So the theme of today's episode is on food and happiness, and with me today to share her expertise on the subject is Selena Tan of Intimate Suppers. Selena, welcome to the show. Hi, Danny. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. And so let's start off with, uh, I just want to know a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do. Well, um, I'm first and foremost a mother, daughter, wife, and I love to cook. And uh, I was a banker for 25 years, mm. but um, now that I'm retired, I do private dining from my home. Mm-hmm. And um, I also used to run a bistro bar at Duxton Road mm. for four years, and I also sell Thermomix. Yeah, so... Uh can you tell us about that? Because, um, you know, obviously banking and, and cooking and running a restaurant are two very different things. Mm. So how did you first get into banking? After studies, that was kind of like normal thing to do is look for a good job. And we, with the degree I had, I think banking or marketing was kind of the natural things to go into. So I started being a FX broker and then uh, and then moved on to a bank and stayed in in that industry for 25 years. Wow. Um it was good but it, it was not really what I I love to do. Mm-hmm. It pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> so how how long was it until you realized that actually I prefer doing something else or did you just stay at doing banking for most I of your I just stayed. I think we are, we are in a generation that Work is something that we have to do to mm. bring the bread home, and passion is our hobby mm. that we do on weekends. Mm. Yeah. All right. And so then, uh, of course, you mentioned also that you started a gastro pub, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this? We always thought that we might be quite successful having been to so many bars, yeah. you know, to start up one of our own. It was really hard work. And I think we would have continued, but manpower problems are just too much. Hustle, mm. and our kids were teenagers, mm. and we were just not. We were missing out on them growing up, so we decided to call it quits after four years. Mm. And also, I think running a bar, 
you don't actually get to cook as much. You're more running the business. Mm. Yeah. So after four years, I just felt, well, it wasn't really, you know, giving me my space in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. So then, um, obviously, you mentioned that, you know, you have this passion for cooking and mm. you're really invested in the whole process of it. So I'm just wondering, how did it all start for you? Where did this love for cooking come from? I think it's because I had such good memories from my mom and, you know, my first family. Mm. She would always find something to cook and she would always focus on um, the family and my dad, what he likes to eat. Mm. So cooking was always uh, an expression of, of love, mm. of affection. And she would always include me. So I got to help her weigh ingredients and, and stir the cake mix. We were always making fruit cakes and we would eat the cake together. My dad would always have the first slice because he liked it hot from the oven. <laughs> and he's all these wonderful childhood memories that makes me think when I have my own family, I also, I also want to give them this life skill, I would say. Yeah. Right? Because it is a life skill to be able to cook and to care for the family. Yeah. 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 And, and have you actually imparted that to your children? Yeah, I do get them involved. Mm. Uh, we have dinner once every week mm -hmm. and we always cook something special and elaborate. Um, my kids, they like to cook for their friends also. So, you know, I give them, you know, cake recipes and brownie recipes. Yeah. So they're quite good with the uh, marshmallow brownies. I think they have quite a reputation now in their school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, these days you run this thing called Intimate Suppers, right? Yes. Which is a private dining experience. So could you tell us a little bit more about how that got started? After we closed the gastro bar in 2013, mm. some customers who had become friends wanted to come over for a meal. Mm. And it was fine with one meal, but then they felt bad if they came all the time, so they wanted to pay for it. Mm. And so it started in a small way for just a few ladies. Then we decided to renovate our house because mm. the kids are growing up. And with these communal spaces, we felt, oh, now we're actually able to accommodate more people than just our close group of friends. So we, we started to do intimate suppers, bouncing this idea off with a regular customer of ours mm. uh, called Nikki Mueller. Mm. Uh, she's quite a famous uh, TV presenter and she's... She's become really a, a good family friend, mm. um, almost like a big sister to my kids. And uh, she's great when she comes over because when we have events with her, she's hosting and sometimes she breaks into song and she's always knows what to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously you're now doing this as you have retired already mm. and you're running this along. So do you find that you have the energy? Does this give you more motivation and energy? This is like a new chapter kind of thing or... Yeah, I think it's a new chapter. Mm. I don't feel like I've retired though. I feel more busy now. <laughs> but yeah. But it's it's much more exciting in the sense that we are working on different collaborations with other partners, mm. sometimes to come up with a different kind of event. We're always thinking, you know, how we can make some new kind of event, more exciting for our current customers. Mm. And also new dishes. We're always trying new dishes. So this is a, a, a nice transition to the next question because I want to know, right, how do you think has cooking affected your life or impacted your life? Um, I think that cooking has given me a different preoccupation, mm. I would say. 
I'm often find myself just thinking about food and new recipes. It has um, kind of seeped into all parts of the family life, mm. in terms of uh, my husband and me cooking together, also with my kids and teaching them a good brownie recipe, teaching them how to make custard and ice creams. Mm. Yeah, things that they like to eat. Yeah, yeah, and obviously during the the time. You spent 25 years working in banking, right? So was cooking a major part of your life then? Or? No, actually. When I started in banking, mm. and then shortly after my husband and me got married, we went to live in Hong Kong, actually, for two years. Mm. And because the apartment is quite small, so we, we eat out most of the time. Mm. If I can't get Singapore favourites, I cook Singapore favourites. But it wasn't really a large part of my life. Um, and then we had kids, which kind of made us too busy mm. uh, with the children and spending time. But I think when they were in primary school, that started to free my time more. And I wanted to get healthier and, and eat more home-cooked food. And that's where I started cooking more. Mm. And it would be my weekend thing to do. You know, Cooking over weekends was kind of a, a de-stress for me. It focuses you on the recipe, on how to make it work, and who you're going to enjoy this with. It takes your mind away from from the stresses of work. Mm. Yeah. So then, uh, in terms of relating it to happiness, right? The, happen- mm. the ideas of happiness. Would you say then that cooking perhaps improves your happiness in the sense that it's it's one way of de-stressing, and then the other way is like perhaps encourages bonding time with your family. Yeah. I would say all that, but apart from that, also it gives me a sense of achievement. Mm. So it gives you some self-worth, mm. you know, it encourages creativity. Mm. And uh, after all that, when you share the meal with your loved ones, there's certainly a lot of things to be happy about there, right? You get together, <laughs> yeah. you know, and especially when they say, oh, this is so great, mommy, <laughs> that sure makes you feel better. <laughs> after all the work, it's so worth it. <laughs> Have have any of your guests or your children complain about your food or do you like scold them if they do so? No, no, I don't. But they're very tactful. They just go, we prefer the other dish. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I, I, I really like the point you made about, um, you know, feeling that sense of achievement and accomplishment. Certainly, I think for a lot of working adults, I would mm. say these days, you know, they can feel sometimes they are stuck in their jobs or they feel like their jobs don't really give them a lot of motivation or a lot of things to to, to be proud of. Mm. And then when you work on these little projects, even if it's just cooking something new or trying to make a new dish, it is like sort of those little wins that keep you going in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, right, let's move on to talking about the happiness challenge for today. And so what do you have for us, Selena? I think that for a lot of people, especially those who don't cook, there's always someone that cooks for them. Mm. So I think they should try to experience this process of cooking for someone that that usually does this for them. Mm. So it could perhaps be the mom or it could be a sister. Um, Think about what is the dish and the recipe. Maybe get the recipe from them Mm. and actually make the effort to go out and get the ingredients and cook for them. Mm. Either cook by yourself for them or 
you could uh, cook together with them and then share the meal. And I think it's a a whole happy process. Don't think of it as um, don't be too stressed out by you know the you know that it may not turn out. But yeah. really, just focus on making something for someone or with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more about enjoying the process rather than actually looking to make like a perfect dish or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, right? we're not Michelin star chefs, right? <laughs> we're just we're just trying to work towards a delicious uh, dish. Yeah. Who usually cooks for you, Danny? Uh, normally my mom or my helper at home. Yeah, mm. but then um, I'll be moving abroad to the states soon, so probably the wife. <laughs> yeah, ah. to be with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. There you see. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be along the lines of like, um, oh, you, you prepare a dish for someone you love, but then you do it by yourself and then you just uh, have, have that someone you love taste the dish and then see how it goes. But then you talk about this aspect of like, oh, actually you can get the recipe for them, from them, you can cook with them. And then it's, it's, it's really the entire process, even like buying the ingredients and sourcing for the ingredients as well. It's not just the, yes. the actual cooking and the, the, the preparation or like the tasting. Mm. Yeah, this I think to truly appreciate how the dish turns out, yeah. it's the whole process because, you know, sometimes you want to cook something and you don't have the ingredients in. So it is actually the trouble of going out to get the, the best of the ingredients and then knowing how to select the ingredients is also something. Mm. And, you know, it may generate some laughs <laughs> when you end up buying the wrong thing or, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter because it, all that matters is you're cooking together with someone, spending time yeah. and learning something new and cooking for that person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is especially um, poignant because... In my own experience when I was growing up, right, so my mom actually uh, migrated from China, mm. right, to marry to marry my dad. And so uh, one of my favorite dishes that my mom cooks is her homemade dumplings, right? When you go to like a Chinese restaurant, normally the dumplings, the skin is a little bit thinner, but hers is like thicker, with thicker dough and then with like the filling. Mm. And so when she's making, preparing the dough and then you're doing all the, the flattening and then, you know, doing the rolling pin and everything, yeah, she used to get us involved with that and... And I can vouch for this that it is quite rewarding because uh, you know even though my folding skills weren't that good, yeah, <laughs> yeah eating the eating the deformed looking dumpling. <laughs> yeah, you see, you can nice. do that with her again. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be new, but it just has to be something to do with someone that you love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this would be particularly relevant for you know. Probably, I'm guessing, like sons or you know, even daughters. If you don't really cook that much, or even like husbands who don't really cook that much, this would be mm. very relevant for them as well. Yeah, and uh, but then I was wondering, right? For some of these people, if you know they're they don't really cook that much, they 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 stay away from the kitchen the most of the time. Do you have any advice for them? Maybe they feel like it's a little bit too daunting of a of a challenge or, or for them. Yeah, I think when one starts cooking. Don't go for a dish that has too many steps mm. or too many sensitive ingredients, mm. you know. Start with something simple, you know. It could be a simple muffin mm. or like a chicken curry. It may mm. sound tough, but it's not if you get the chicken curry paste from a vendor. Mm. But, you know, don't start with souffle, you know. 
<laughs> don't start with something that's so sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, you're not on MasterChef. You're just... <laughs> yes, yes. Or even a simple fried rice, if you're not really into cooking yet, you mm. know, it's quite simple to do and you you can be quite creative with your fried rice. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, perfect. And so uh, just to sort of wrap up the whole, the, the challenge, right? Sort of, sort of to summarize the steps. So basically what it is, is that you find someone that, someone you love who normally cooks for you, get a recipe from them, and then either cook with them or cook by yourself, buy all the ingredients by yourself, and then basically share the meal with them. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then some, some added advice as well is to not pick anything too complicated or has too many fancy ingredients. Do something that is more feasible if you are not too familiar with cooking yourself. Yeah, yeah. certainly you are going to make someone very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so do you have like a, a name for this challenge? Mm, cooking up some happiness. Cooking I don't up know. some happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's great. And uh, so, yeah, Selena, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I will go to to find my wife. I will get a recipe from her. I will try the challenge and then I'll catch up with you again in a future interview. Oh, yeah. maybe we could call it the Happy Meal. The Happy that's Meal, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's great. Thank you so much, Danny, for this opportunity. Thank you, Selena. All right, so that was the interview with Selena, our food and happiness expert. Lots of interesting stuff, and thankfully the challenge cooking of happiness is not as daunting as I thought it was going to be. So the first step, of course, is to find someone I love who normally cooks for me, and if I were doing this in Singapore, I would probably choose my mom. However, since I'm currently in the States, that person is going to be my wife, Effie, instead, who is right beside me. <laughs> Say hi, Effie. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the next step is to get a recipe from that person. And uh, so, Effie, my lovely wife, who I love oh so much, <laughs> what would you like me to cook for you? And what can you cook? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about hong shao rou? Hong shao rou? Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, that's the pork belly dish that you make? Yeah. Isn't it kind of complicated? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not trigger the fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to like... I think you told me before, right? You have mm-hmm. to like caramelize the sugar or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you think I can do that? <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't want to burn the, the apartment down. Okay, alright, so, let's so, not kill the birds. So, <laughs> so why don't we try something a little bit easier? Okay. Um, what about dumplings? Dumplings? Uh-huh. Okay, I think that's pretty uh, feasible. Okay. Do you make dumplings a lot? Um... Not a lot, but during holidays. Yeah, mostly for like Xingyan and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think this would be good also because I used to make dumplings with my mom. Mm-hmm. But it's just that I never did the filling or the dough part. I just okay. did the pam pam. You know, the <laughs> throw, throw the dough on the table, roll it out, oh, put the okay. filling in, wrap okay. it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I only did that part. Okay. Because okay. I, I think my mom doesn't trust my cooking skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
as well. All right. Yeah, but but you've made like dumpling from scratch and everything, right? Yep. Okay, so uh, are you coming along with me to get those ingredients? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a no. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, um, I will go out and get these ingredients, and I will see you then. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Okay, so Effie has given me the list of ingredients. She's not gonna come with me to go get them. So I'm really hoping I can get the uh, best ones or the, the freshest ingredients. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it isn't that much. It's mainly just the ground pork, chives, green onion, flour, and um, I think I'm missing a bit. But I have the list with me. I'll reference it later. So where I'm going right now is this uh, Asian market in, uh, in Baltimore. It's called Putong Asian Market and it's about a 10-15 minute walk away. So yeah, see you then. Okay, I think I got a little bit lost. <laughs> this is my first time coming to this market so Google Maps is a little bit iffy and I spent uh, the past 10 minutes just walking around a few blocks but I think I am finally here it should be just around the corner there it is onion Grown Do you sell this one? Um, Shisan Xiang. Shisan Xiang Right, so that's all the shopping done. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of nice being in an Asian market. Uh, my first time being here, so after two weeks in the States, you know, don't see that many Asian people around Baltimore. It's very nice being able to even just speak Chinese. It's just, yeah, pretty nice experience. Okay, so we are now back at the apartment. We've gotten all the ingredients and we are ready to start making dumplings. Uh, so the first step Effie told me was to, of course, make sure that the uh, meat is defrosted. So we've taken it out, we've uh, mixed it about again. And uh, so what are the next steps in this process? What are we making first? Now you have the meat ready. Now you have to uh, chop the chives uh -huh. to very tiny little pieces okay and then you can put the chives together with the pork mm -hmm. mix it up and then season it 
Mm -hmm. Now at the same time you can cut some uh, green onion into strings and ginger into strings. Put them into a small bowl of water. Alright. Squeeze them real tight to get the juices out. Alright. And later you could um, put the ginger and green onion water into the filling, but just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna start on the chives first. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, I'll let you know once I get to the green onion and ginger. Okay, so obviously I'm not the most proficient with knives, but I've been practicing a little bit. Let's just try and uh, get this done. And we've got a lot of chives actually, so this will take a while. But of course we will just fast forward these boring bits get to the highlights as we continue on this dumpling making uh, challenge. This is actually quite tiring. <laughs> So even by this cutting portion, starting to get a better appreciation of uh, what is involved in cooking, because this is tiring. And so Effie has cut some chives, but uh, I'm going to continue cutting the rest. And then we're going to mix it in with the rest of the filling. And now we're ready to mix it? Yeah, mix the pork first. Okay. So it's sort of like, like swirling, like beating an egg kind of thing, right? In a sense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so when you're young and you're wondering why your mother spanks your butt so painfully, <laughs> where she gets that strength from, this is probably one of the reasons why. <laughs> It's uh, making dumpling treating you. <laughs> it's tiring. <laughs> it's uh, sticky. It's gross. Uh, especially dealing with raw meat. Mm -hmm. But I mean, starting to appreciate the process. And that's, I guess, part of what this whole challenge is about, right? So how do you, what do you think about me cooking this dish for you? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gonna turn out that tasty, but we'll see. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. Okay. It's about okay? Mm. Alright. So what's the next step, boss? Making a dough. Making a dough? Mm. So we just leave this out here? Yep. Okay. Cover it. Okay. I can clean up this mess So Making the filling is already kind of tiring, but I already know that the dough is going to be even more or equally as tiring because you got the same sort of swishing process. Yeah, but now we're going to clean up uh, the workstation a little bit 
so that we can have enough space to prepare the dough and later the put the filling and the dough together. Oh my god, my hand is starting to cramp. <laughs> okay, so we've cleaned up the workspace. Now we're ready to make the dough. Get the flour out. Okay, so we got the flour. Working surface. We need a bowl, right? We need a bowl. Yeah. Which we don't, so we're just gonna use a pot. Yep. <laughs> use like a room temperature water. Mm hmm. And don't add it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just in case it get too, too wet. Too wet, yeah. Okay. So you kind of just play by air. Okay. So First, you need to use the chopstick. Uh huh. And then basically the same motion, swirling motion. Well, this is just to make make the clumps. Ah, so okay. later you could uh, like squish them together and start making the dough. Okay. So you, you kind ah. of do it in a circle. So when you done, it's, it should somewhat look like a circle or like football. Okay. Yeah. So keep doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. basically lift it up, push it in, then yeah, swirl a little bit. Basically the goal is always make make it look like a circle. Hmm. Yeah. Now you can actually take it on the uh, board. Okay. Yeah. And I just do the same thing? Yeah, do the same thing. Okay. Ba -da -ba -da. My hand hurts. So uh, what Effie just did, um, our big dough ball, she poked a hole in the middle. She uh, thought it was smooth enough. So she poked a hole in the middle. So she stretched it out and then we snapped off a little bit. And now we are going to, I guess, straighten it out? Lengthen it. Yeah, we're going to lengthen it by rolling it on the mat. And then this will be, I guess a little bit will be chopped off and then we'll be flattening some more with the rolling pin. And that will be our wrapping for the dumpling. Yeah. Okay, so Effie has just, uh, we flattened the uh, long sausage-like dough. <laughs> and now we've chopped them up into, I think, little pieces. So, you know, in retrospect, right? The, you init when we initially started this challenge, you gave me the Hong Xiao Ru. Mm. Now I'm thinking that the dumplings are actually more technically <laughs> demanding than Hong Xiao Ru. <laughs> yeah, Hong Xiao Ru is definitely easier. <laughs> there are so many new techniques I have to learn when making dumplings. <laughs> but this is good, I like a challenge. Talk to us a little bit about the process behind the folding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You put the filling in. Mm -hmm. You squeeze the top first. Mm -hmm. And then you squeeze the side. 
when my dad can do it like the elaborate multiple folds, mm -hmm. I can only do the two fold, the most basic type. <laughs> yeah, so that's the first one done. Mm -hmm. Beautiful looking dumpling. <laughs> yeah, your your uh, skin is looking much better now. <laughs> Making improvement. Ah, I'm hungry. It's good, we have a bunch of dumplings. <laughs> like, as I'm doing this, it's sort of like you understand why you're doing this, and then once you get into it, it's, I guess, you know, easier. <laughs> so, what my mom told me, you kept the top. But the challenge part is uh, your skin's all very irregular shape. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. As long as you close it. Yeah. Close the lid. Yeah, close, close the ends. Then you close the top. And then you make the little folds. And you have... Alright, so mine is looking very disgusting right now. But... <laughs> Okay, it's the first one. You won't get better. <laughs> Looks like a submarine. <laughs> so, our first batch of dumplings have been wrapped. So, we're gonna uh, prepare our second group of dumplings yes. before we put everything into, for cook everything uh, in boiling water. Alright, so second batch, Effie is going to be rolling out, rolling out the wrapping, uh, the dumpling wrapping. I'm going to be the one doing the folding. I folded three pieces, they look horrendous. <laughs> oh, they look absolutely awful, but... As long as it sticks together. As long as it sticks together is the most important part. I think I'm coming, starting to come into a different system. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was basically trying to mimic the way that uh, Effie's looks. There's a little curvature on the folds. I think that sort of makes it easier and sort of nice. Nicely closes it at the ends. Hopefully this will work out. Okay. So we are done with Stage two of this dumpling making process. We folded, we've wrapped the dumplings. Now the last part is just to cook them. So we're waiting for the water to boil and then we'll toss it into the boiling water, cook it, and then see how it tastes. And we just put our first one in. Good luck. Good luck. Go in the pot. <laughs> Please don't break. So uh, I think we've got about what 15 in the, in the pot right now. Mm. None of them have broken so far, so this is a good sign. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's boiled. Okay. All right. Oh my God! So our first batch is cooked. All right, all right, all right. Looking good. Looking good. Nothing broke. Nothing broken. Okay. Yeah, so this challenge is just about done. Uh, we've cooked our first small batch, so we're just going to taste it. 
and then we'll finish the rest uh, of recording but then we'll get Effie's reactions to this okay. from here so here we go right. oh wow it's really good hmm. I like how chewy the skin is yeah It's soft and it's just about enough salt. Good decision to go with the thicker skin. <laughs> mm. It's juicy, it's flavorful. <laughs> I'm really proud of us. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel about the uh, the whole experience? Very rewarding. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are making uh, back home if you're trying this challenge, but if you do, please share it on social media. You know, let us know. Show us some pictures, social video. Let us know what the experience was like for you, what you made, if it went well, how did it taste. And then with that, let's get back to the uh, closing interview. Hi Selena, thank you again for uh, getting in touch. So I've done the practice. I was a little bit nervous going into it because I'm not a really great cook, but... <laughs> but oh, but everyone misses that when they start, you know. But I'm curious to find out, like, who did you think of when you started carrying out this challenge? Who were you thinking about? Yeah, so uh, my first thoughts were, of course, uh, I, I wanted to ask my mom, but... Um, because I'm not in Singapore at the moment, so that was a little bit difficult and I couldn't like enjoy the meal with her, even though I asked her for a dish. So what I ended up doing was that uh, I asked uh, my wife instead, who I'm currently living with. And uh, so when I asked her, she she asked me to prepare this dish called Hong Shao Ro. I think it's a, a Chinese dish. And uh, so I've seen her prepare this uh, a few times. You know, it requires like pork belly and stuff like that. There was some like technique that she talked about, like uh, caramelization or whatever, that I thought was a little bit too daunting. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I said no to that. And uh, which is looking back, I think I, I, I regret a little bit. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so I said, okay, maybe you come up with a little bit. Uh, something less complex, as I put it. And then she said dumplings. Then in my head, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I, I grew up making dumplings with my mom. This shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> little did I know uh, how wrong I was. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed because I saw that you made the dumpling skin yourself. I mean, yeah. most would have just gone to the supermarket by the skin. Yeah. That's really, that's really a challenge. Yeah, it was, um, it was really, uh, uh, like you put it, challenging because, um, you know, even from the beginning, right, you said, uh, to go and buy the ingredients. So I had to go buy the ingredients myself. And it's like, because I'm Ooh. not too familiar with like shopping in an Asian, uh, grocery, it took me like, honestly, I think 30 minutes to 45 minutes just to find all the ingredients that I needed. So then, into the actual dumpling making itself. So my wife uh, guided me throughout this entire process. She, we sort of split the, the workload uh, between, you know, the preparation of the dough, the filling and everything. It was, 
It was a, honestly a workout. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never expected this going in, but it was fun. It was really, really fun. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, it's something special when you, you know, one is to cook for someone. Um, you're thinking of what the person likes, you know, um, the whole cooking process. And mm. then it's, uh, another, another level up in a relationship where you actually cook together. Mm. So, you know, it, it nice because you're spending time doing something and then you get a result that you share um, and I think that you know when you think about people and the relationships you have you can cook uh, for someone you like you can cook for someone you love and you can even cook for strangers mm. thinking that oh you're a friend but I don't think that one can ever cook for someone that you don't like <laughs> because you know incentive and then you, you're probably you know cursing in your head you know and so it's, it's almost for me it's impossible i never cook for anyone i don't like it's, to me it's a it's a like it's it's weird yeah this is like you know for for people who say they really love food or people who call themselves foodies this is the next step for them if they're not like actively making food themselves because i i found a, a sort of different a uh, relationship or a few uh, or view food in a different way after this process and now even after doing this uh, because you know eating out in america and takeout in america is really expensive so i started you know learning to to prepare some easy meals at home uh, like like fried rice and you know baked chicken and stuff like that easy stuff mm. first easy stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's important, right? You don't yeah. go from stir-fry to molecular gastronomy, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it was uh, an incredible experience. I'd like to, of course, recommend uh, people to try this, especially if you haven't been um, too active with your cooking. And, and I think this would be a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, so thank you so much, Alina, for recommending this practice. My pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> All right, and with that brings the end to this episode of Happiness Is. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the episode and hope you learned something new about food and happiness. Personally, I think Intimate Suppers is a really cool project and I'll definitely try to make it down for one of their events. All right, so if you are interested in trying out the practice for yourself, you can find all the steps in the description and on the conference website. And please, please, please do share your experiences. We would love to hear about them. With that being said, this podcast was produced and edited by me, Danny Cordy, on behalf of Fable Productions. And I hope to see you guys at the coming Happiness Conference 2020. See you there.